Good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today. And uh, if you're joining us online, we welcome you as well, especially on this, this baptism weekend that we have. And those of you that are right, man, this feels like, like there's a fight going on. Like there's this really far back and all of that. But, uh, and, and I won't tell, talk to you about the weather, right? That's not very nice. Amen. Yeah, I'm a little more sensitive than the executive pastor is. And so just remember that. And, uh, but his email is rcoggins at lifechurchwi.com. If you want to send him some hate mail this week, he'd love to get that. We need to keep him humble and all that good stuff. And so this is a great weekend. Uh, and again, uh, the video just reminded you, especially those of you who are fathers, who you have small children, that Mother's Day is really the day that you do the work and you give the kids the credit, right? So dads... Uh, you're just reminding you for that, like you've got little ones to make sure they get the gift, make sure you get the dinner reservations, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, I have two daughters, so a 20-year-old and a 24-year-old, and, uh, and I, I had a conversation with both of them, and I just said, look, you're both at an age where I'm no longer responsible for how good Mother's Day is. <laughs> and so if it's bad, I'm going to tell mom, you drop the ball, not me. And if it's good, then you get all the credit. I'll probably take some of it because I reminded you, but that's about it. So again, uh, Mother's Day is happening next weekend, gentlemen, for those of you that don't have that luxury. And, uh, but I do have a mom, and, and uh, she's probably watching today, so hi, mom. And I will um, make sure that I take care of that as well. Well, today I'm going to be in multiple places in Scripture. I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 28. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move into a, several different passages today because today's what I would call a topical message. We're talking about baptism, water baptism. And what is it? Why is it important? And, and why do we do it? And then as Ryan said just a moment ago, once we're done at the conclusion of the service, we've got uh, people in both services that are going to be water baptized. And so uh, we've got elementary age kids that are what we would call at the age of accountability, which means they understand right from wrong. They've made a decision personally to invite Jesus Christ to come in their heart and their life. And they've been able to articulate to their parents and or to somebody on staff, hey, this is the reason why I'm getting baptized. I remember when my girls were little and they wanted to get baptized because they saw other people getting baptized. And I was like, why do you want to get baptized? And, and their answers were theologically incorrect, which I didn't use that phrasing with them. It's not really fair when your dad is the pastor, right? And so anyhow, um, and I would just say, hey, you know, you're, you're not ready. But, but these other kids, yeah, but you need them. I need to know that you know why you're doing this. And so every child uh, that's, uh, that's, that's uh, getting baptized, elementary age kids, been able to do that. Uh, middle school, high school, and adults all the way today. And so it's just going to be a great way as we kind of get to practice what, we, what we're preaching about today. Baptism is one of those things, there's two ordinances in the church that Jesus ordained. One was communion, and we talked about that last weekend, and we took that together. And we do that on a regular basis. The Bible doesn't give you that you have to take it a certain number of times or this or that, but that literally it's something that we do when we come together as and as often as we do, we do in remembrance of the Lord's death, burial, and resurrection until he comes. And the second thing is water baptism. And um, there's a lot, sometimes there's different thoughts and theological thoughts and ideas about water baptism, but I just want to go back to what does the Bible say? Not what am I deducing, not what am I having to, now we see this and this and this and this. No, no, no. What does it say? What do we see? What, what's there in scripture? And so, uh, so first of all, I want you to know that water baptism is biblical. 
Baptism is biblical. This is not something that I came up with. This is not something that the church came up with. This is not something the denomination came up with. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. These are Jesus' last words to the disciples. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says, look, the great commission is to go into all the world and make disciples. And when you make disciples, when people make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we call that the prayer of salvation, that people accept the fact that they're a sinner in need, in need of a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus. When they do that, then what happens is the next thing we do is we lead them into water baptism. We baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. You, you'll hear when, when the pastors that are baptizing today, they'll say, I baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Why? Because that's what the Bible says to do. It's not something we came up with. It's not something that you learn in seminary. It's something, quite frankly, that just goes right back to chapter and verse. And I would say baptism is arguably as important as making disciples. Yes, we need to make disciples, but then we make disciples. We need to follow up in, ba in water baptism. So to baptize, the, the Greek word for baptize is 81 times in the New Testament. And that word means to dip repeatedly or to submerge or immerse. To dip repeatedly, to submerge or immerse. I used to joke with people I would baptize and I would say, look, man, I heard you were really, really bad in life. Pastor, you have no ideas. I'm gonna hold you under a little longer. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> There's no direct correlation to how far under you go or how far they hold you under or, you know, it's just, it is an action, but it's a submersion. And that, that's what we see in scripture. Again, I didn't come up with it. Baptism was the pattern for New Testament believers. We see John the Baptist baptized people in the river Jordan, Mark chapter one, verse five. Philip baptized the Ethiopian in Acts chapter eight, verse 38. Paul, the persecutor of Christians, was baptized in Acts chapter 9, verse 18. When Paul and Silas are jailed and they begin to sing praises to the Lord in the midnight hour and the jail doors came open and the jailer was about to take his own life and Paul and Silas says, we're not going anywhere. There's no need for you to do this. And the, and the jailer inquires of why would you stay? Why would you give up your freedom for my life? And they begin to tell them of the grace and the goodness of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the jailer and his entire family were saved. And Acts chapter 16, verse 33 says, and the jailer and his family were baptized. We see in Acts chapter 18, a synagogue ruler and his entire family who remains nameless was baptized over and over and over and over and over again. We see this pattern of coming to faith in Jesus Christ, believing that Jesus is who the Bible says that he is, son of God born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for our sins and rose again. Real simple, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. Inviting Jesus into your heart and into your life. And then that next step is water baptism. More importantly, probably than any other example that we see in the New Testament is the example of Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist in the River Jordan. Mark's Gospel, chapter 1 Verse 9, 10, and 11. And in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being, being torn open and the spirit descending upon him like a dove and the voice of heaven, you are my beloved son with you whom I am well pleased. This is what Jesus did. 
Jesus begins his public ministry in water baptism. So baptism is completely biblical, sound, theologically, not, this wasn't construed or constructed by some denomination or some man or some person, but rather this is God's pattern. So let's look at why it is. Well, baptism is symbolic. Baptism is symbolic. Watchman Nee says that baptism is an outward expression of an inward faith. It's an outward expression of an inward faith. Romans chapter 6, verse 3, 4, and 5, Paul says it this way. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by the baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Water baptism is intrinsically linked to Jesus' death and resurrection. That's what it's symbolic of. It's symbolic of the fact that we were sinners in need of a Savior and Jesus saved us. And dry from this, from our sinful nature, we go into that tank. We go into that body of water. We go into that River Jordan, if you would. And, and, and by the pronouncement of, of, based on our confession of faith, our faith in Jesus Christ, the fact that we're in right relationship with him, not of ourselves, as a gift of God, lest any of us would boast. We're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And into that water, into that grave we go, symbolic, and out we come completely a new person. Does the, is there anything holy about the water? No, no, sorry, I, I didn't get it at some special place, right? Uh, some of you, I'm really, I'm really messing with your theology. There's not some special prayer. There's a lot of chlorine in the water, thank God, amen? <laughs> you don't be baptized last. I've been around this thing a long time, <laughs> just telling you. No, no, there's a lot of chlorine, it's all there. It's actually warm. Thank God for heated water, I'm telling you. I baptize people in the River Jordan on a couple different occasions. It's cold, especially the time of the year that we went. And there's fish that are biting at you. No joke. And it's a little slippery. We had some people, a couple of people fall, just like they're going into third base. And it wasn't, there was nothing spiritual about it. Did they have bruises? Yes, they fell. I mean, this is not right. There's, sometimes we want to make things really mystical. It's not mystical. What it is, it's symbolic. Just as Jesus Christ lived this life, died on the cross, went to the grave, and rose from the grave, because we are now in Christ and we are not in ourselves, because he's already washed our sins away, because he's already done the redemptive work of grace, this is but symbolic. But why is it symbolic? It symbolizes, it's not just a ritual that we perform, but it, it symbolizes a powerful truth that I once was lost and now I'm found. I once was blind and now I see. I once was a sinner, but by the grace of God, he has washed my sins away, just as this water physically pours over me as I'm submerged and I come out. I made a decision to do this. I made a decision to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. I have decided to follow Jesus. It's symbolic because it just doesn't symbolize to me because I already know what happened inside of me when I get baptized in water. But it's symbolic to you that I'm not the same person that I was, that I'm not walking the same way that I walked. I, I'm not perfect. I'm not here to be judge and jury, but I want to follow Jesus just as he was baptized. I too want to be baptized. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he 
or she is a new creation for the old has passed away and the new has come. That's what water baptism symbolizes. It's symbolic. Water baptism does not save you. Well, where do you get that from? Thief on the cross. I love this because I had this conversation with people. Well, they gave their life to Christ, but they were never water baptized. Are they going to heaven? Yes. Because some of you may be sitting there watching online or you are, are in the room and you're, you're hearing this and your heart's beginning to beep and go, beat and you're just kind of going like, am I going to heaven if I'm not water baptized? Yes, water baptism doesn't save you. If water baptism saved you, then you have a hand in your own salvation. You don't have any hand in your salvation except for the fact that you accept it. Your choice. Because if, if water baptism saved you, that was part of the process that saved you, then part of your salvation would be up to you. And it's by grace that we've been saved, through faith in Jesus Christ, and that not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, lest any of us would become boastful. I go back to the thief on the cross. Remember the two thieves next to Jesus? One cursed him, mocked him, made fun of him, and joined in with everyone else. The other one said, have mercy upon me. Save me. I deserve to be here, but you don't. And Jesus said, as he's dying for the sins of humanity, I'm going to talk about having compassion for people when you've got a heavy burden that's carrying. Today you'll be with me in paradise. He had not the ability to be water baptized. It's what Paul says in Romans 10, 9, and 10. If I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord, I will be saved. Salvation is a decision between me accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Now, so you're saying that water baptism, it's like no big deal? No, 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 it's a really big deal. Because what it says is that the thief on the cross didn't have the opportunity to do that. But you and I do. You and I have the opportunity to follow Jesus. And why wouldn't you follow Jesus? Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you experience? If Jesus did it and we are followers of him, why would we not therefore follow him in the same pattern? We would. We should. No excuses. So now let me get in your kitchen a little bit. All right, you ready for that? I just kind of like, <sighs> now here we go. Because baptism is urgent. Baptism is urgent. The New Testament church baptism virtually was inseparable from salvation. People came to faith in Jesus Christ and they were baptized. Ephesians chapter four, verse four and five says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called in one Lord, one faith and one baptism. Acts chapter 2, verse 37 and 38 and 41 says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. For those who received his word were baptized. Water baptism isn't something that you wait on until it's convenient. Water baptism isn't something that you wait on it till you feel like it. Water baptism, oh, I'm preaching way better than you're shouting. Water baptism isn't something you just kind of go, well, if I want to do it, I don't want you. Mean, Pastor, you said I, I don't have to do this to get to heaven. I don't have to take a bath either, but it feels good. Amen? I, 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 <laughs> come on. I, I, I don't have to brush my teeth, but it saves me. Well, food tastes better. Let's just be honest, right? I, 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 I don't have to drive a car. I, I don't have to go to, I don't have to. I don't have to do a lot of things, 
But why not follow him? Why let one single action stand between you and where you want to be in the Lord, between you and the witness that you want to have? Why? Because as a disciple of Jesus Christ, the Great Commission is now part of your responsibility for you to go into your world and to make disciples. And when you make those disciples, you baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I've got a really good leadership rule that I live by. I cannot give you what I do not have and I cannot take you where I have not been. And how can I go around to my office, to my neighbor, to family and to other people and tell them about Jesus and following Jesus, yet I've not completely followed him. I followed him and I, I'm on my way to heaven, but, but I've never followed him in water baptism. I've never followed him to say, I wanna let the world know that man, he washed my sins away. I wanna let the world know that I'm not the same person. I want the world to know that Jesus Christ has changed me. Amen. 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 And some of you may go, well, well, I'm really going to get on some thin ice. Can I get there for just a minute? Okay, good. I'm glad you let me do that. Some of you would say, well, you know, the, the tradition I was brought up in, I was, I was dedicated, baptized as a child. No problem. People ask me this all the time. Man, I was raised that way. Does that mean that baptism doesn't take? Does that mean that doesn't count? Is that not important? No, I would equate that to what we do as baby dedications. We're dedicating a child to the Lord. We're, we're, we're dedicating that child to, to, into, into, to say that we as mom and dad want that child to be raised in the fear and the admonition of Jesus and in the service and the fellowship of the church. But guess what? When Johnny or Sally grow up, they have their own decision. They have their own decision. Are they going to accept the faith in which they were raised in? Or are they going to reject it? Are they going to accept Jesus in which they were raised in? Or are they going to reject it? And every time we see baptism, water baptism, in the New Testament, which is when it was implemented, we see it with adults. So are you saying this is wrong? No. Infant baptism. I'm not even going down that road. You notice how I, how I just kind of avoided that one? I'm not even going, all I'm saying is, is what it says to me is that your mother and your father and whoever raised you wanted you to serve Jesus. They loved you enough, they wanted you to be raised in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. They, they dedicated you as unto the Lord, just like I did my daughters, just like Tammy and I stood on this platform and dedicated Anna and Ava. But guess what? At 20 and 24, they're grown adults. I cannot force them. I cannot make them do anything. I have raised them in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. It is now their choice and their decision. And I have had many conversations with people that said, you know, as an adult, as, a, as someone who now I, 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 I've made a decision to follow Christ personally. And uh, do I need to be baptized? I think the better question is, can I be baptized? And the answer to that would be yes. Because as an adult, you've made a decision that this is what you're doing. As a child, as an infant, I, had, I was dedicated as a baby. I, I had, no, I had no, no say over that. I didn't have any say over my name. My middle name is Ashley. Do you know how many schoolyard fights I got into with a middle name like that? And don't even start with me right now. I had no control over that. I, always, I like the name John or something like that. But Ashley? Anyhow. You may go, where did that come from? Gone with the wind. When you, when you grow, I know, Ashley, Ashley. Anyhow, sorry, I'm sorry, I digress. There's a bird. My point is this. I don't have, but as an adult, I have a decision. I, 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 I have a choice. 
So I accept Jesus Christ into my heart and into my life. What does baptism do? It's a symbolic of what Jesus has done for me. And it's a witness to everybody. That's why it's public. Water baptism is never private. It's always public. Every time we see it in scripture, it's public. It's public. It's when Jesus was baptized, it was public and so public that there's only, there's only three times uh, there, there, where, where God speaks. The audible voice of God is heard by other people in the New Testament. And this is the first that the voice of God the Father is heard audibly by all that are there. And the heavens opened up, and the Holy Spirit descended as a dove. And the voice of God said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He'll speak again on the Mount of Transfiguration. He'll speak a last time upon the cross. That's it. Think baptism is a big deal? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's urgent. Because when I give my faith to my life to Christ, I see this in a New Testament pattern. I get saved and I get baptized. Acts chapter 22, verse 6. Paul, who was Saul, he was persecuted. He persecuted the Christians. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was a religious leader of the religious leaders. He was completely against Jesus. And the Bible says that when he was on his way on the road to Damascus, that God himself knocked him off his, his horse. And he was blinded. And the voice of God began to speak. And he had, he had a, what we call, that's where we get that phrase, a road to Damascus experience. He, he, he had a, I once was blind, but now I see. God confronted him and he gave his life to Christ in that moment. He's blind and he goes to a man named Ananias because no one would take him in because they were fearful that he was just trying to, this was a way he was going to kill more Christians. Remember, this is what he did. And he goes in and Ananias and he, uh, Ananias brings him in. And Acts 22, verse 16, Ananias says to him, why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. Paul, the man who will write on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit most of the New Testament. The religious, Christian, Christ follower, discipler, Ananias, that God used. Disciple them. And then did what? Go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them. And then said, Paul, it's time for you to be baptized. Wash the old away, metaphorically speaking, symbolically speaking. And let everybody see that you're a changed person. So today, we're going to do just that. Today, we're going to do water baptisms. And we've got candidates that have already said, man, I'm ready to be baptized and I'm ready to do that. And I'm going to pray in just a moment. But before I pray, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. Today, there are some of you that are Christ followers that have never followed Jesus in water baptism. I've given you chapter and verse over and over and over today. No excuses. So today... When I conclude this prayer, I'm going to give you an opportunity for those of you that are here 
that have never followed the Lord in water baptism to be baptized today. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, can we go back to taking a missions offering? How much do you need for that Bible college in India? No, I'm talking to you. There's some of you, your retirement age, you've never been water baptized. And I'm all up in your kitchen right now. It's not me, it's the Holy Spirit. It's like Ananias saying to Paul, it's time. Why do you wait? So in a couple minutes, I'm going to give you the opportunity to walk right out that door to my left and to your right. There are changing stations all back there. There are shorts, T-shirts, everything you need, towels, so you can disrobe privately. And then you're able to put that on and then come right in and be baptized today. There's some of you that are in the middle of life and life's just busy and you, you, I don't have time and I didn't get a chance to sign up and I don't like to do the video. Guess what? Today's your day. You don't have to do a video today because you don't have time to do a video today. Mm, don't you like how we threw that one in there? Today's your day. But I don't even know that my husband knows or my wife knows that I've never been baptized. What about my, I mean, my kids have been baptized. I haven't been baptized. Why do you wait? This is public. It was when Jesus got baptized too. But the accusers of Jesus, those that were plotting to kill him, were watching him as he was being baptized. A little more pressure than today. What about my hair? It'll dry. (laughs) I think we got some Aquanet back up in there. We tease it all up. Maybe you're a teenager. You're in high school, college. And the idea of getting in front of a room full of people, getting wet, and it's not a pool party, is just not real appealing to you. I'm just going to go old school for a minute. Jesus died on the cross for your sins and hung naked, suspended between heaven and earth. And that's what you're worried about? Not my decision. That's your decision. But I'm telling you, theologically, I've made a case for it today. Biblical pattern, I've showed you over and over. Doctrine of the church, why it is. Dismissing things from your past, oh no. No, I don't dismiss any of that. I'm just saying maybe today you have decided to follow Jesus. And maybe, just maybe, there's someone in this room and you're going, man, but I'm not yet saved. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. Because the Bible says that you don't need a priest or a pastor or an elder to be saved. Hebrews says you have a great high priest who's been touched with the feelings of your infirmities. Jesus himself. And all you have to do in this moment as we pray You say, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. That's it. And in that moment, you're right with him. Immediately, like the jailer with Paul and Silas, they gave their life to Christ, and he and the entire family were baptized. Maybe that's your story today. How cool is that? I'm going to pray. Then I'm going to give you an opportunity to get up out of your seat, and this is scary, walk across this room, go out that door, change clothes, and be able to come right back in here 
to be water baptized. Father, I just thank you for your word that is so, so, so simple. I just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be able. Father, to be able to follow you in water baptism. Jesus, you did all the heavy lifting. You paid a price we could not pray. You, you went to the cross for us. You overcame death, hell, and the grave, and you rose again. And you ask of us to simply just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I believe that you're my salvation. Take my sins away. Come into my heart, come into my life, and be my Lord and be my Savior today and forever. And if we do just that, Lord, you save us from our sins, you cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and we can know that heaven is our home. And after we make that decision, there's two things that we do. One is we follow you in water baptism because it's an outward expression of an inward change. Water baptism doesn't save us. Water baptism is not part of the salvation experience. It is subsequent to salvation. After salvation, we're water baptized. Symbolically following through with what you did, Jesus. To a world around us, it just says, hey man, today I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I pray today. Holy Spirit, speak to hearts and lives that need to stand up in just a moment. Give them the strength and the courage to walk across the room, to walk out that door, to change their clothes quickly, and to come right back in and to follow those that are already ready to be baptized today in Jesus' name. Amen.